Greetings, fair ghouls and friendly ghosts. Welcome to Give Me Goosebumps. Hosted by your fellow specters as they rediscover and relive the terrors of childhood. But, listeners beware. Actually, (laughs) you know the drill. Hi, I'm Monster May. And I'm Nervous Nova. And I'm Elusive M. This week on the podcast, we have a special guest again, as you've just heard. You know her, you love her, I'm related to her, my sister M. (laughs) This week, we're talking about DCOMs 2000, and we've chosen two movies from the year 2000, full of spooks and monsters and mysteries. We're going to talk about them in order, so let's talk about the first one. Phantom of the Megaplex. A 17-year-old workaholic named Pete Riley and his siblings find themselves in the midst of a mystery when the local urban legend, titular Phantom of the Megaplex, makes an appearance to sabotage the big movie premiere that he and his co-workers have worked so hard to set up. Antics ensue. Then we find out at the end the big twist, but we won't talk about that now. What did you guys think of the movie? I mean, I have, a lot. I have some fond memories of... Uh... Phantom of the Megaplex. I think probably, you know, of the movies, DCOMs that I watched, I remembered I like this a lot. Um, I wouldn't say it ages perfectly, but, you know, <laughs> it is a it is a movie where they there's a creature in a theater and then antics ensue. And you know what? They sure do. They sure do. Can you ask for anything else in a decom? Yeah. What else do you need except some kids chasing a guy with a cape? I don't and, know. And they do. And you know what? I thought that maybe it's not the most like interesting movie because it is exactly what it is on the tin, you know? And even the twist is you see it a mile away. But I still think that like the kid performances were still kind of fun. Oh, Yeah. Youngest brother was incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he sold the movie. It was Brian's show. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it fi- kind of falls into that classic like trope of movies where like the kids save the day. I love it when it's just about like we don't rely on adults. And like in this movie, you know, there's all of these teens, probably too many, that are a hundred percent breaking some child labor laws. Yeah, but. You know, they're they're the ones, and I love that little brother who he immediately buys into conspiracy theories, and he's like, one bad thing goes wrong? Uh, yeah, it's the local myth. Yeah, that's real. Say no more, you know? I do like the main character, Pete. I think he's very boring, but, like, he's a good boy. Um, 17-year-old assistant manager, that's not real. <laughs> And it's funny because even the whole movie, his boss doesn't ever treat him like a second in command. Like he's just Mm -hmm. another employee. Yeah. But he does introduce himself by saying, that's me, Pete Riley. (laughs) He sure does. It's like record scratch. That's me, Pete Riley. (laughs) (laughs) And Pete Riley is just an average guy. He has two siblings. His mom is divorced. Yeah, that's not average here on the Disney Channel. Oh my god, a single parent? It's just unheard of. It is also crazy, the parallels here between these two movies. They're just about the exact same family twice. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Single mom looking for a man, but this mom has a boyfriend. We meet him really quickly. His name is George, and he's just a guy. I have I don't care be about him. Super honest with you, they could have cut this whole thing out. They have right? so much already going on with all the staff and their little nicknames for the, the little megaplex. That when they started, when they decided to dump a family on me, I was like, great. Now I got to worry about these motherfuckers. It was a, it was a lot. <laughs> It was a lot, and the family didn't get nicknames, so how am I even supposed to remember their name? Brian the Brain. I did it for you. What would you do for Karen? Hmm. Cool kid, Karen. (laughs) Yeah, cool with a K. Nothing says cool like that. Oh, God, yeah, cool with a K. Yeah, uh, they didn't need to have that conversation. I'm wondering if it was just, like, a push on Disney's end to be more wholesome and be more, like, family-oriented and then be Mm -hmm. like... Because the kids were the ones pushing for the engagement. The mom was like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little weird to be like, hey, mom. Yeah. 
Get fucking married, When is he gonna please? pop the question, mom? It's just the opposite of what, you know. Kids are going, I'm not calling him dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so instead of doing the, ugh, he's not my real dad, they were like, no, they love him, and we're gonna make this a yeah. part of the movie, well, whether you like it or not. But actually, maybe this is reverse psychology. Maybe they're just, they <laughs> fucking hate it. And they're like, let's try so hard in a really weird way to get us, our mom married. I don't know. I don't know. They have that whole conversation in the car that is just so <laughs> childish. I literally out loud was like, adults don't talk like this. Yeah. And then my sister said, well, straight people. <laughs> Maybe. Even my notes my notes say heterosexual agenda. Incredible. Just what if two pots are happier separately? Oh my god. They can live together. Like, uh, get this it was just get back to the kids. Get back to the shenanigans. They could have done an entirely extra shenanigan if they mm-hmm. just cut this family stuff out. <laughs> and you still could have had the siblings. It didn't even take up that much time in the movie, to be honest. Like, if you cut those scenes out, it would have shaved, like, a minute or two off. But it would have made I the would movie take so a, much better. I would, I would take a minute of somebody trying to use a claw machine. And I don't know. <laughs> there's mice in it now. Come mm-hmm. on. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, so back to the kids. Let's get back to the kids. Uh, It starts off with him describing himself and then describing everyone else and giving them all little nicknames like we gave ourselves earlier. Um, Scary Terry for the, you know, quote unquote goth girl of the crew who's like obsessed with monsters and, and scary stories. And she tells that, well, I knew a guy who knew a guy who got his head crushed or whatever. Wait, I know we normally wait till the end, but I do want everyone to know that um, Scary Terry is the girl who made out with a hot dog in Mean Girls. Oh, man, I was wondering. She looked familiar, and then I didn't I didn't look her up immediately, but that makes sense. Isn't, the, <laughs> isn't one of the people also in Phantom of the Megaplex the guy who played Jason in Mean Girls? Yes! Um, and the girl who plays Hillary in Phantom of the Megaplex is also the babysitter. Uh, I think her name's Kimberly and mom's got a date with a vampire. So Disney was reusing people uh, for sure. (laughs) Same year. Just put them back to back on stuff. Uh, yeah. Ricky rules. Oh yeah. Ricky uh, rules. Question mark. Question mark. Who simply just wanted to know what the hell was going on. He just wanted clarification. Yeah. He's just nervous. Jeez. Uh, Racy Lacey, who is a very quick employee, but also, um, one of the only, like, POCs, so. I think there was a Black Usher, and he did not get a name. Yeah, that's another thing. And and neither did, um, another character that was just sim- simply mom friend. I, well, you have her name, right? They gave her a name, but they didn't give her, like, a, like, an alliteration. Her name's Hillary. Um, he's, he was like, that's Hillary. Like, (laughs) (laughs) nothing else. No, and when they describe her, she is wearing, like, normal clothes and her hair is down. And then later on, you see her with braids and in her uniform. So it literally took me, like, three scenes to be like, oh, that was her. (laughs) From the intro. The mom friend, the, the, the described mom friend from the intro is Hillary. The one who's, like, really nervous and has kind of a lisp. Well, she says that her, she's described as calling everybody honey or sweetie. And most importantly, movie Mason. Yeah. He's just an old guy that freaking yeah. loves the movies. I was say, His old family guy. owned the theater before the Megaplex took over and he just freaking loves movies, guys. He wants to just work there. He gives his schedule to the boss every week and the boss just throws it away in front of him. And he just wants to give people his little letterboxed reviews. Man, he would have loved letterboxed. Just... He would have loved letterboxed. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, you guys should see this movie. This movie's actually a flop. Have you guys thought of this one? He's just giving advice. He's like, y'all seen the Oscar noms this year? Oh, no, you want to watch um, um, Captain America 10, Lost in Time? Okay. Okay. He's a cinephile, and also, he showed up. He showed up with a little tux. 
Come on. He wore a little suit every day. When there was a crisis, he stepped in. Movie Mason is the GOAT. Honestly, justice for Movie Mason. Justice for Movie Mason. And then while we were uh, watching the movie, I think Val said uh, about the boss that this guy has never gotten any bitches. So let's talk about the boss, Sean McGibbon. Sean McGibbon. (laughs) He gets no respect. Mr. Yeah. Needlemeyer, who owns the movie theater, um, does not respect him and decides to pass on him for whatever step-up manager job that he is looking for a promotion. He decides to give it to the son-in-law, who has no experience. And Sean goes a little joker under all the pressure. and um... He keeps disappearing and then showing up tied up and duct-taped. <laughs> It couldn't be him. What a kink. No. He's just a little freak. He's of just course a, freak. a little freak with no bitches is like this. I do have a question for you about another character that we don't know the name of. She sim- simply is the cinema sitter. Uh, we tried Googling <gasps> cinema sitters, and the first thing that showed up was things that don't exist anymore in movie theaters. And I clicked on it, nothing to do with cinema sitting at all. And then the second link was Phantom of the Megaplex. So, is this real? Or was it? Because um, I don't think so. I think it was made up by Disney to stop kids from shenanigans. Big Disney propaganda. I I want to think that you're correct, but also I started thinking about what would the modern one be like? Mm-hmm. Would you have like a cell phone jammer? And I eventually was like, ah, she'd probably have to be strapped. <laughs> <laughs> At least with, with some pepper spray. <laughs> <laughs> She's serious. Get back in your fucking seat. She has a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Taking kids in the lobby. <laughs> it's just funny because I'm like, you know what? If the job of a cinema sitter was really to make sure that people aren't movie hopping or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, that could be a real thing. Like some sort of like incognito security guy walking around making sure that people aren't doing shit they're not supposed to. But the this like literally makes it sound like, oh, they have an employee on staff to babysit. but she doesn't have any power over them and she can't really do anything so she just walks around and sees if kids are standing or not (laughs) and the kids keep leaving the theater so she's not very good at it either yeah clearly (laughs) and then you know a kid could just be like yeah I'm going to the bathroom I drank a big ass big gulp sprite and I gotta pee ten times during this film I'm seven (laughs) like what are you gonna do I mean in the same time I think, like, I understand if it did exist because an adult being like, here, buy yourself a ticket to the movies. You're not, I'm not taking care of you. It seems like something that would happen. And if you think of, like, modern day, like, Ikea has a babysitting section. You know what I mean? It's one person for all 26 theaters. And it's like a little old lady. So how (laughs) effective is it? It's not at all. Like, if it was going to be a specific babysitter thing, like, they have those everywhere, like Ikea, and then I don't know where else. Uh, I feel like I've seen them at malls and stuff, too. Like, malls have those sections. But it's, like, a contained room. Mm -hmm. So it's (laughs) it's funny that this is just, like, I don't know. I guess this old lady can do it. They could have just let Movie Mason also do it. Yeah. Or any of the... 10,000 teenagers that we got nicknames for. (laughs) Ricky Rules. This could have been literally Ricky Rules' job. It should have been Ricky Rules' job. Like, that was his whole thing. He fucking rules, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So, they're setting up for a movie premiere, uh, which is called Midnight Mayhem, and is apparently about dinosaurs, but I don't really know. They never really tell us. They just are like, it's Midnight Mayhem, and it's a movie premiere, and it's so vague. Like, it's so vague that this didn't even have to be the event that they were doing. It's just like, well, what else are they gonna do? What has, like, it can't just be a normal day getting sabotaged. It's gotta be something big. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fun thing is that all of the sabotages 
are directly related to or uh, mimicking what's happening in the films or the names of the films. So one was like glimpses of Genevieve, Genevieve, glimpses of Genevieve. And the film was blurry and it would keep clipping in and out. So they were literally just getting glimpses of the movies. Uh, Twister or Tornado or whatever. Cyclone Summer. Big old fan. Popcorn. Yeah, the whoever was the guy eating popcorn out of the air while the fan was blowing, um, that guy was straight vibing. That's an adaptable king. He's like, fine, this is the situation I'm in now. Deal with it. You know, I don't even think he saw it as a situation. He was like, fuck yeah, 5D, baby. They're blowing the fan <laughs> around. I'm getting free snacks. Make use of the situation. This is ahead of its time. This is IMAX. That dude smoked in the parking lot, and he was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> this guy's been training at Japanese steakhouses his whole life <laughs> for when somebody's going to be flinging <laughs> food into his mouth. <laughs> I've been training for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the kids are all going on a little deep dive mystery, trying to figure out who done it. They think it's Movie Mason. Where does he eat? Oh, he eats his lunch in the basement. So they go all the way downstairs. It's so creepy. It's so spooky some comment about how it's got to be filled with spiders or whatever. My favorite thing is there's like, um, they look at a portrait of, and I want to say it's Boris Karloff, right? It's Boris Karloff who was in Phantom of the Opera. They, they zoom in on a picture of him and then it crossfades to movie Mason. And he says, hello children. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, obsessed. And when they ask him, are you the Phantom? That's a yes or no question, movie Mason. But he sits down and he goes on the longest tangent any old man has ever gone on, which is just... <laughs> oh, it was actually Lucchini. Sorry. I, go- I-, I wanted to make sure. Oh, it was, Lu- it was Lon Chaney. I'm sorry, Boris. Yeah, it was a picture of Lon Chaney. He goes on a huge tangent. And he's like, no, I would never disrespect the movies like that. Movie magic. Oh, yes. Starts waxing poetically about the movies of these kids, and it gave me very um, Nicole Kidman comes in to talk to me <laughs> the movie I was just like, oh, okay. Is he gonna tell me to enjoy my special beverage? <laughs> <laughs> Your special Coke of cola? <laughs> yes. Every time that they showed um, the Phantom running around swooshing escape, there would be like this sound effect, like this can sound effect of like, dramatic laughter. (laughs) Love Love it. it. Keep it light for the kids. Somebody could be really scared right now. This is camp. You know? Agreed. The big blow up monster scene, I think, is really fun. I really love that as they're like climactic fight mm-hmm. is big blow up a dinosaur and big blow up monkey yeah and then um sword that you stole from your like a sword in the stone competition where every ten thousand pulls on it someone gets a free movie ticket or free something that yeah. the bully gets i really liked when he was like oh i gotta pull it ten thousand more times and then merle the projectionist who just always comes in clutch like every scene that they're like Oh, we can't figure this out. He's like, dude, it wasn't me. I'm trying to figure it out, too. Here's the button. And he just presses a little red switch and the sword comes out. <laughs> you can just this turn dumb it teenager was just gonna sit there and tug <laughs> that sword for an hour. Reason- I mean, he's probably good at it. <laughs> Assistant manager. Yeah, I was gonna say, Assistant reason- manager, Pete Riley. Reason a thousand why he shouldn't be working there. <laughs> he should be trusted as an assistant manager. <laughs> this man doesn't, this not even man, this boy doesn't know anything. He's 17 years old. He's 17. Go Can home. you imagine if you were working at Burger King in the 2000s and you had to like fight one of those inflatable shrucks they put on top of them? And you were proud of your job. He's he's like extremely like, this is the best thing. I'm so proud of my job. I'll do anything. Uh, if I had to fight the, the, the siren herself, I think I'd just be like, nah. But I why quit. Why would you fight her? Yeah, She's why would I? <laughs> so they have their little premiere, or they start to have the premiere anyway. Movie Mason sings a little song outside for all of his adoring fans love it what a king 
Mm-hmm. Uh, while the mom is running through the crowds trying to find her kids, there's a smart house reference. She says that she sees Katie Seagal, who is smart mom, and LeVar Burton, who directed Smart House. So we love it. And then you said you think that the mom is also in Smart House, right, Em? Uh, is she? Is she? Honestly, I said... Possibly, I'll look it up right now. I could be wrong. She does look really familiar. I think she must have been in... No, she wasn't She wasn't in Smart House, but you know what we do know her from? Veronica Mars. <laughs> uh, she plays uh, Veronica's mom, estranged mom, Leanne. Um, oh. But I think she was also in another... Disney decom. Give me one second. Under wraps. She was, yeah, she was the mom in under wraps. That's it. Oh, I do. I have a note in here that um, Mason knew the star of the movie. And yes. it's implied he gets bitches. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, mad bitches. He gets mad bitches. Um, he had a flex on everyone. I know I'm old, but I still get bitches. Yes. Um, it's like, and, yes, he does. Um, uh, oh yes, they they reveal and then they reveal who uh, who did it and who done it. The boss, the only adult working in the theater, the only adult working in the theater, um, decided <laughs> to don a cloak and run around and act like like he he just snapped. That man was like, "I'm." How old do you think he was supposed to be? Because to be honest, I don't think he was supposed to be that old. Oh, it'd be so much funnier if they'd gone with somebody that was just, like, clearly barely out of high school. (laughs) (laughs) Or would it have been funnier if he was so much older than the teens? Like, they chose a guy who's obviously in his 40s. That would have been so painful. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, that's why he snaps, is he doesn't get this job that he's worked, oh my god, so hard for. So he decides to ruin everything. Um, Mr. Needlemeyer is there. He congratulates Pete for saving the day. Pete's like, you know what, sir? I know that I'm the assistant manager and all, but I think I should take the rest of the night off from this huge premiere, even though ages ago they said none of the staff showed up. But yeah, it's fine. And then he gives him some money and tells him to take his lovely girl out to breakfast after the picture. It's nighttime. Is this, does this man think that they're gonna spend the night together? They're 17. Yeah. His mom is here. His mom is I think right it's there. more like you go to Disney's after his, a concert. His younger sibling. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you know. They just went out for pancakes. <laughs> the yeah, the yeah, Brian is like, now all we need is a four-star ending in my friend Taylor. Uh, audibly said, "Yeah, this ain't it, kid." As the, <laughs> as the boyfriend drops down to his knees and proposes uh, a yeah. ring to the mom for no reason, and then Mason just pops up like, "Oh, I got a ring!" Because he was really just like a Yoda sage oh, yeah, character he, for this whole t- this whole thing. Yeah, he's like, "I got lots of props down in the basement. I just just hap- I just happen to have this ring in my pocket." <laughs> so. Happy ending. Um, they, re- I just, it was so unnecessary. We just so didn't need that. Um, what I think is interesting is that the British director of the movie decides that he loves uh, what Sean has done, and he basically like offers him a job making it into a movie or something. At the end, like he just lost his job for sure. Sean McGibbon. Yeah. And he's offered another job and he is just miserable about it. Well, I think I know the insinuation is like, go get me a coffee. Yeah. Uh, and well, and so he always is going to be seen as like lesser than, but like, bruh, directors be like that. Mm-hmm. Make that <laughs> sh- money, King. And also, I think it's like good to note that the moral of the story at the end is that. The, the assistant manager, he's like, I'm working so hard. I'm only 17. Damn my work ethic. I need to be a regular teenager. Um, yeah, and he offers, oh, do you want to be the manager? And he's like, yes. 
actually, maybe I should work less. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you're 17. He's like, yeah. It's not even about him being a workaholic for me. It's just, you can't be in charge of an establishment. You're 17. Your brain's not done cooking, man. A role that he shouldn't be in to begin with. Um, But also, kind of just a weird, like, moral of the story ending for for a movie about a monster in a movie theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I get that they were wrapping a lot of stuff up, but for a second it was just like, this could have ended here, could have ended here, it could have also ended here. And so much so that when they get to that last joke where where they're like, oh, a phantom? Oh, that's just superstitious. But werewolf of the mega Yeah. It wasn't (laughs) cute to me, it felt like a threat. Yeah. (laughs) And it was Movie Mason who said it, so you know it was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's why it gets um, bitches. Yeah. otherwise i think it's a cute movie i like it's nothing that you like have to go watch but if i was you know playing on my phone or doing something it'd be it's good background noise it's cute mm-hmm. it's pretty uh you could slap it on a babysit it's pretty generic but like in a like honorific it's it's generic uh it is directed by blair true i think i said their name right um they worked on power rangers and that's pretty much it so wish upon a star which is another decom right Mm -hmm. um but the writer Stu krieger did a lot of other decoms all three xenon or yeah worked on all three xenons smart house cowbells and uh not related to decoms but the first land before time screenplay interesting (laughs) enough (laughs) So, lots of Disney stuff. He was probably, I mean, if you look at his IMDb, I think it's just like a lot of kids stuff. I wish that there was, I don't know, more mystique, I guess. Yeah, I remember it being a lot more mysterious and like, whoa, growing up. But I think Yeah, how could he be doing that? It's also scary. It has to be a ghost, right? (laughs) Yeah. The whole phantom of it, I think. But also, of course, I was a kid. So, so makes sense why that was my opinion. But it was a lot more also, like, cohesive growing up. And now it's just, like, a bunch of antics kind of thrown together. Um, yeah, which I think is just, like, a lot of kids' movies feel like that. But you know yeah. what? It's to keep attention, probably. And there are some weird commercial break cuts, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cast was fun though. Um, they've all sort like done a couple of other things, but nothing, uh, nothing crazy, crazy. Um, the lead boy, Taylor Hanley, who played Pete has done a lot of TV dramas in his current age. So he is still very actively acting. Awesome. In the OC. (laughs) He was in the OC and Dawson's Creek for three episodes, apparently. And uh, his most recent like movie that people would know would be bird box. So he did make it to like some sort of mainstream, but he's also, if you look at his IMDb, it's a lot of like, I don't know, NYPD, Chicago fire, like those kind of dramas. Mm -hmm. Um, The younger sister, Karen played by Caitlin walks was in inspector gadget too. And not much else. She stopped. It seems like she kind of stopped her big career as a child actor, you know? Uh, same with the younger brother, Brian, who was in both of the cheaper by the dozens mm-hmm. and then nothing else as an adult. Make your money and leave, you know? Good for you. Yeah. And then as we, we talked about a little bit earlier, a lot of those side characters were in other Disney movies, other Disney, you know, original movies. Um, this was almost the last movie for mickey rooney yeah movie mason i mean the last being the night at the museum well he's done he did a lot of stuff up until his death he died in 2014 so he did a lot of that's why i said almost his last i said almost (laughs) didn't i yeah he's an old old man yes (laughs) he wasn't night at the museum and then some TV movies, some shorts, it looks like. And the Muppets as a small town resident. Yeah. Any final thoughts on Phantom, though? Yeah, sure. That's the thought. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Very apt. 
Our second movie we watched is Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, uh, which premiered October, Friday the 13th, 2000. And it's about a mother of three going on a date with a vampire. Boom. It's very (laughs) self-explanatory. I love these 2000 movies being exactly what they are. Yep. You exactly. know what you're going into when you're starting to you watch You see this the movie. name, you go, I know what's happening. And then you just are here for the vibes. And vibes they deliver immediately. This one's got a great cast. Oh, like, yeah. Incredible cast of, cast of adults here. And even the kids were really good. <laughs> the siblings, Chelsea, Adam, and Taylor, live with their mom, Lynette. And she is a single mother. It is revealed kind of early on that their dad's getting remarried. And <laughs> everyone knew but the mom. Yeah, which is so fucking shitty. It's so fucked up. <laughs> um, and following uh, Adam getting in trouble at school and getting grounded, Adam and Chelsea decide to they take the fucking classified. <laughs> yeah, the, the, this is how you know it's the two thousands. They take an They're actual like, yes, newspaper. They're like, oh my god, it's the modern age of dating. Yes, email so address. Cla- yes, they take the classifieds and then they use an email. <laughs> it really is just that beautiful juxtaposition that you just that just fades out the later you get in the 2000s. Anyway, they... I wish I'd written down his email, because it was like Wolfsbane at something, but I don't remember what the at was. Disappointed in myself. I wish I'd written that down. I bet it was funny. Uh, I also just have Wolfsbane. But anyway, they they pick out a... They pick out a... An ad for somebody that likes long walks on the beach but doesn't like garlic. No, he like lo- he loves walks under the moonlight. He hates Italian food and there's uh, yes, something and else. And turtlenecks. He hates that. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. And he hates turtlenecks. And it's like all like obviously like this is his little vampire yeah. Tinder bio. <laughs> yeah, you'll never guess it, but that's a vampire. No fucking way. They're not real. So they kind of trick the mom into going to a supermarket and meeting him, and then she agrees to go on a date with him, and they realize, oh shit, it's a vampire. Exactly as I described it earlier. (laughs) I mean, another movie where the kids just really want their mom to fuck, which is very weird. I mean, here's the thing. These are different intents. So the first one was out of the goodness of their hearts, out of love for George. This one was... We're both they grounded. Just you want to go yeah. on a date, and I want to go to some this movie premiere. He's trying to premiere concert. Yeah, it was a concert, and so they're like, "Well, we got to get mom out of the house." Then uh, our younger brother, he's fine on his own. <laughs> like no plan. For they were him. like, "We're gonna get him a babysitter. We're just gonna set mom up on oh, a that's date. Right, yeah. The worst that can happen." So at least they had like. More of a there goal. was a reason for like, it that's very selfish. Uh, yeah, very selfish teen. Yes, right? so, so these are weird opposite kids and, and emotionally manipulative. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Way to do that to your mom after she's learned she's the last person to find out about her ex husband getting remarried. But uh, whatever, forcing her fine. back out onto the dating scene. So they email him. They say, hey, meet us at the market. And I was like, at the grocery store? Dead ass? No, they did meet not. Meet cute and then they go to the And then they go to the grocery store. And they look everywhere for him. And they can't find him. And then who bumps into whose cart? They bump into each other. Um, all the while, though, we're getting a little bit of a misdirect. Because a shady dude in a trench coat and a fedora <laughs> is walking around. He walks into the place and says immediately straight into the camera, come to Papa. It's disgusting. <laughs> Gross. We find out later that's Van Helsing, but, you know, he's got no drip, so you know he's not a vampire. <laughs> so he's stalking them around the supermarket. We got these two different guys, and we go, oh my gosh, it's a little meat cute. And then as they part in the parking lot, having agreed to go on a date... The youngest brother who believes in monsters and is scared of the movies, his older brother watches on TV, watches this man 
played by uh, Charles Sha- Shaughnessy or something, right? From the, 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 the main guy of the nanny. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Sheffield, baby. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Sheffield. I couldn't remember his name. Mr. Sheffield from the nanny. Uh, he drops his bag on the ground. There's like a crash of all the glass bottles breaking. And then he CGI morphs into a bat. And it's beautiful. I love it. Genuinely, I thought it looked great for 2000. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Not to rewind, but there is this... I wrote this down because I really love this gag that happens when um, they're hyping her up to Dimitri. That's the vampire's name. Uh They're hyping Lynette up to Dimitri, and they're like, she can sing. And they're just going on and on. And as they're doing that, the youngest brother, Taylor, is just trying to fill the car up with cookies. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets busted. I didn't even notice that. Good for him. <laughs> he gets busted. It's a very throwaway sort of, hey, nice try. <laughs> yeah, that's so cute. Yes, oh, I loved Taylor. it a lot. It was such a, it, this movie had a lot of really like nice itty bitty touches like that. Yeah. Like the last movie, this is also the younger brother sh- ch- chined during this movie. Taylor. Oh, yeah. The youngest always saves the day. He had some of my favorite lines, you know. He's like, you can't leave me on the street. I'm eight, you know? Oh, yeah. That was my favorite bit. You're a res- you're responsible for me now. <laughs> uh, backtracking a little bit, the older brother is also pretty shitty. So not only do they sell their mom out, essentially, uh, he sells his sister out oh, to right, get his yeah. ticket back because he told his friend, and you said the friend was in Degrassi, right? I don't yeah, he is. Name. <laughs> Whoever played his Jake friend Epstein, in this Craig movie. and Degrassi. He plays yeah. Duffy. His name is Duffy. And once Lynette agrees to go out with Dimitri, this brother turns around immediately and is like, yo, uh, I'll give you anything if you give me this pass. And this bully named Boomer. <laughs> he's yeah, like, so his friend gave away the ticket to Boomer. He goes, dude, I'll, I'll go, but I have... I, I will, uh, I want to date your sister, and she has to kiss me on the lips. Yeah, very normal yeah. thing to say. And Adam's like, a very- he did reply with a, I can't promise that, uh, which I was like, good for him for at least putting up a boundary. And then Boomer was like, well, then I'm not giving you the ticket then. He said, fine. And I said, Adam. So the mom goes on a date. Uh, Taylor convinces Adam to shoot an email off to the vampire hunter before the date. I made a point in my notes because <laughs> Taylor's like, we have to. Mom's got a date with a vampire. Yeah. Name drop. Name drop. And I think another cute thing is when they go on the date, they go to Renfield's. Dracula's servant from the book. Oh, yeah. They had a couple cute things like that. They had uh, Halloween and the Lost Boys up on the marquee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought that was really cute, too. My favorite thing at the restaurant, though, is that the gar- the the waiter's like, would you like some garlic bread? And he goes, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very normal why'd thing you- to say. If you hate Italian food, why'd you uh, take her to an Italian restaurant, bud? He does tell her to order the steak. It's good for your blood. <laughs> uh, Taylor slips out and the two siblings have to go to the restaurant and they have to find the brother. Yeah. yeah. And they have to they have to take him to the restaurant to prove that Dimitri is not a vampire. Yeah, you get a beautiful shot of somebody in a window and then immediately getting like snatched before the other characters can see them. <laughs> I love that shit. Yeah. They gaslight this kid into thinking (laughs) uh, putting a spoon on your nose will prove you're not a vampire. Mm -hmm. And so Taylor's like, okay, I guess. And then uh, Adam looks back and he realizes that the mirror placed by his mother and her date has no reflection. (gasps) And then he smiles and shows his fangs and it's like (laughs) he just had to rub it in. Yeah. So they finish their date at that restaurant and they decide to continue it. She, the mom Lynette is like, I'm having fun. It's so much fun to be out. I haven't been out since my divorce. Like, let's go dancing. Let's hang out. And he's like, I just want to go home so I can kill you. 
Um, but he'll do anything because he has to convince her to love him. So they go to a rockabilly club because she was in a band. And now we find out it must have been country or rockabilly. The kids follow them there. And Adam really opens the door like so intensely. I I wrote down like as if he was lockpicking it and he was so proud of himself to open it. And he just pulled that door open. And he turns back and looks over his shoulder and he says, watch the bikes to his sister. Like <laughs> so cool. Like he he's going in. So he goes in, he convinces a guy to go dance with his mom. That guy gets immediately psychically repelled <laughs> by Dimitri. Uh, so he goes and he talks to the band and he tells the band, ooh, my mom is here and she was in a band. Maybe you know of that band called Cowgirl Blues. And so they invite her on stage to sing and she does and she's having the time of her life. It's very cute. I don't mind this musical interlude. Good for her. It's yeah, so good cute. For her. And also Carolyn Rhea. Carolyn Rhea is so cute. I love her too. So mm-hmm. I was I was happy to see her living. And then Adam convinces the bodyguard to get uh, Dimitri thrown out for being a stalker. And because he, uh, he gets thrown out, he has a little hissy fit. And that's when he wrecks their bikes. He just tears and them then to pieces. he walks on the wall. He's he does vampire. not just walk. He does not just walk. He struts. He's a strut. Yeah. <laughs> he struts up that wall. He struts right up and back in. Miss Queen Lynette uh, did not even notice because she was having the time of her life on stage. Sometime after this, the next thing I have written down is Adam told his sister how he had to get the ticket and she got mad. And he said, things were different. I was different. And she was like, that was this afternoon. <laughs> Beautiful. And she's right. And she's right. Call him out. Um, Taylor just rolls, Taylor gets home to the babysitter and then uh, Malachi uh, Van Helsing just shows up and the babysitter's like yeah i guess you could take him up to your room and well, so she, no he- she's like she's like it's his bedtime he needs to go to sleep you need to leave and then she goes back on the phone and they just go upstairs oh okay <laughs> she, uh, for some reason i thought that she was like yeah you can go read him a bedtime story and i was just like what <laughs> anyway um Taylor keeps trying to get Malachi to eat stuff that his mom made. And I think that's very cute. Yeah. And And Malachi is like so nice to this kid. Yeah. It's very sweet. Like I, I think that he has absolutely uh, no drip whatsoever. (laughs) No swag. Gets no bitches. He gets no bitches. I wish that they'd made him almost more pathetic. So he would be like one of those like burned out divorced detectives yeah, that fun. work as a private investigator now like that's the vibe he was giving me but they really had to uh sweeten him up to be a potential love interest also unnecessary yeah let's say it yeah um but he is very nice to kids so that's a plus i made a note of this because i thought it was really cool how he investigated like the footsteps by lighting the shit on fire Cool. I wrote that too. I was like, I love the pyrotechnics. They do not make him cooler, though. Yeah, very cool uh, ritual or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I wrote down. We love a Universal Studios fire demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pull out all the stops, King. <laughs> He's trying to make up for his terrible fedora. He's like, don't look at this. Look Which, at the fire. don't worry, partially through the movie, once we know that he's friendly, they remove the fedora and we get to see his beautiful little head of hair. <laughs> we can't hide it. Mr. McGuire from Lizzie McGuire. Yep. Um, I was like, I was like, who is this guy? And my sister said that and I I had to imagine him in my mind's eye, put glasses on and then <laughs> I went, oh yeah. So they go to a carnival next, because that's just a fun thing to do. No, uh, I <laughs> I love this because um, Dimitri's still just trying to get his dick and fangs wet. He just trying <laughs> to take her somewhere private and, and quiet, and she's like, I know just the place. <laughs> then they go to the festival. Yeah, they go to a carnival. and She friend zones him. Oh, and she, yeah, she friend zones him, and so he basically just, like, wipes her brain and is like, uh excuse me don't you think i'm really sexy and hot and attractive and she's like nah you're fine i guess Mm. (laughs) (laughs) um but i really like his performance as a vampire all of his little those like scenes where they do the vampire speed stuff are always really hysterical to me and you know what he was eating 
He sold uh, it. He wasn't drinking, but he was eating. He <laughs> I loved it so much. It was expert casting. Uh, and so while that's all happening, the kids break into um, Dimitri's house. They decide to split up and then they do that really cute thing where neither of them want to go downstairs and they go, hmm, why, don't we, why don't we both go upstairs? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And I thought that was really cute. Know your strengths, you know what I mean? And they steal his coffin. And then Adam floats it out into a pond? Well, he lives by a lake. He said the big Okay, so they said it was a lake. Okay, yeah. Um, on the subject of this, because the reason I do this is they're like, vampires can't cross water. Has anybody else encountered that in vampire lore? I feel like I've heard of it before, but I don't think I've ever seen it. I know that they can't travel without, like, their dirt in some lore, but I'd never particularly, like, heard this variation of it. So I was just curious. No, I mean, I'm- Yeah, I mean, I know the, the, you know, they can't be without their coffin, because, like, then they'll get caught in the sunlight. Like, that's the whole yeah. angle there. But the water one, that was an interesting take. And they hit on also, like, the other vampire tropes of, like, he needs to be invited in, mm-hmm. things like that. Repelled by garlic, yeah. all of, you know, and the, obviously yeah, the Yeah, so I was just curious if it was just something that is, like, not really in fashion anymore. Kind of like, probably, maybe, yeah. vampires needing to obsessively count things. Yeah, I've heard that one, too just curious because you know it's it's different for like every like region and everything the evolution of the vampire myth yeah i think they were really just sticking to like the 2000 version of vampires and of course like all media after that makes it slight adjustments to what a vampire is so and also, it was just convenient that he couldn't just go grab his coffin out yeah (laughs) i think ultimately what it was I was just curious if it came from anywhere. <laughs> because this kid crawls on top of the coffin and rides it like a boat. And he's like, uh, you can't, can't get cross it. the water. And so Dimitri's like, fine. And then he goes and he gets the sister. And he's like, I'll take her as a vampire princess. <laughs> and because he's a different person than he was earlier, the brother says <laughs> no. And returns the coffin. Mm-hmm. I also love this version of the vampire because you would think he'd like want to turn all of the children and make his own vampire clan, but no, he's fuck them kids. I do not care what happens to you. I want your mom. <laughs> I really would have expected from a Disney movie to have made it into a I'm gonna turn you into vampires and then we're all vampires. Mwahahaha, that's so scary. It's not scary enough. What's scarier than losing your mom? <laughs> It's true. It's just interesting that he is, like, performing for her a little bit with the spoon act and everything and pretending that, like, everything's fine. I like kids. Uh, but, like, the whole plan is, like, what What does this guy think he's gonna do? Kill this mom and then disappear and just leave these kids around? Fuck them kids, really? Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, fine, I guess I'll just drink this whole family then. You guys are <laughs> annoying. <laughs> yeah. He is using his psychic powers to hold the kids hostage. He's going to eat the kids. They're yelling out for their mom. And what breaks the curse? True love for her family. And then they simply just nail him into a coffin. That's getting ahead of myself. But everybody works together because also Taylor and... um... I'm sorry. Malachi can show we, up. Can we gloss over the fact that Van Helsing comes in, fucking flops, and then yeah. the youngest kid just picks a steak up and just starts no bonking the vampire just on the head. Bonking him. Beautiful. Comes in, he acts all cool, and then he just holds one steak up and gets knocked down by the door. Beautiful. He's exactly as he should be. I think he should have been that pathetic the whole mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. I mean, he was. <laughs> you see that, that sandwich he ate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was listening to smooth jazz in the car with an eight-year-old. Very like, weird. It was a really, <laughs> really weird vibe. so sad. Um, they work together, push him in there, and then they use a... St- do they... Wait, hang on. Do they... Silver-plated nails. No, they stapled on him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're silver nails, know, is what they I say. Just... Which isn't... It's interesting how vampire and werewolf lore often like. Yeah, mm-hmm. silver's one that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's also why uh, 
the reflection thing is so pr- uh, prominent is because it had something to do with how mirrors used to be made. Yeah, exactly. It's, I don't know. <laughs> Everything goes back to Jesus. So I'm assuming maybe Jesus was into silver or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't personally yeah. recall any artwork depicting Jesus with like chains. Like, like <laughs> one of those little rock chains. I don't think I've ever seen Jesus dressed <laughs> as the rock, but you know. And then, uh, yeah, they nail him in the coffin, and then they say, like, oh, we're gonna ship him off somewhere that has a lot of sunlight, mm-hmm. so he can't ever get out, I guess. He's just, a, like, eternally damned to be in this coffin forever, which is the Disney nice way of killing him without actually mm-hmm. killing him on screen, yeah. I guess. And, and uh, then- so much more cruel. <laughs> I love it, actually. <laughs> because because mm-hmm. they try, they were really trying not to have to, like, turn someone into dust or explode someone yeah uh, they th- perhaps they got like a letter or something that was like calabar was too scary <laughs> and um mm-hmm. they were like okay fine then they do this and then because it's also a disney movie and there's a single parent they were they're like and this weird man who spent the night listening to smooth jazz with an eight-year-old he's <laughs> also single um yeah it's like whatever unnecessary unnecessary (laughs) i'll allow it because it's not in my face and it's 10 seconds and it's immediately Mm -hmm. followed by like a little knock that's like hello i was just kidding haha let me out now happy halloween yeah i love Um, that but also like the last movie it ends with the most important meal of the day breakfast yeah Yeah, Pan- chocolate chip pancakes. Of course it does. Which is a callback to earlier when they guilted their mom into going to the store. To get chocolate chips. <laughs> for chocolate chips. Yep. So it, this never would have happened if she hadn't agreed to go get chocolate chips, but now they're having their pancakes and there's a new random stranger man in yeah, the house. Yeah, just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> he already likes her cooking because the youngest has been like, <laughs> this is my mom's cooking. It's the best. And he's been like, oh, all right, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we've missed, obviously, Caroline Ray, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Mm-hmm. We have um, yes. uh, What's-His-Face, who's Mr. Sheffield. And then I know that you mentioned that um, Van Helsing was the, either, did you say the Yeah, dad Robert from? Carradine. Yeah, he was the dad in Lizzie McGuire. Okay, I yeah. See, I watched this with my mom. So she... <laughs> She goes, oh, that's the main nerd from Revenge of the Nerds. And I go, oh? And she goes, yeah, the one that, and I go, not the Darth Vader one. And she goes, yeah, that one. And so I have him in my notes as Debcon Darth Vader. So I'm glad that you guys weren't watching the movie with that in mind. Because it made made all those car ride scenes way weirder. You know, I haven't seen uh, any of the Revenge of the Nerds movies, no. so yeah, I wasn't planning on it. But, you know, <laughs> everybody will talk about it. It's like one of the most well-known scenes and everything. I'm like, I don't get into specifics. Yeah. It's just like a mistaken identity deal. Like this character wears a Darth yeah. Vader mask. And uh-huh. yeah, I'm not getting into it because Revenge of the Nerds is something that didn't age. <laughs> it came out. It came out like Benjamin Button. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's interesting to see somebody come from like those gross out movies and go to kids stuff. Though it's not like unknown. But it's always like, oh. <laughs> that is really fascinating. Mm. Who else do we have for actors? Adam's oh handsome. yes, our main boy Adam. <laughs> he is a bad boy from Spy Kids Gary 2. Giggles. <laughs> Gary Giggles, the bad boy. I feel like the sister, when I looked her up, she's a Canadian actress who does, like, Christmas movies. Yeah, she's more and of you recognize smaller her. movies, yeah. Yeah, and then the the youngest brother who played Taylor, I think he did a lot of stuff. Voice work. Yeah, he did voice work. So he was TJ in Recess. Um, he was in the Stuart Little TV series as a voice. He did voices for Rocket Power. So he did some voices after his childhood career, but it doesn't look like he's done much recently. The director has a really fascinating career, though. Um, It looks like he started off mostly doing stunt work and, like, organizing stunts and then moved into trying to direct. 
And he starts his career as a director with Disney TV movies. So he did Johnny Tsunami, Stepsister from Planet Weird, Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, and Motocross, like, all back to back. And then he's continued to, like, be a director. So, like, he did episodes of supernatural <laughs> most recently he did an episode i know i know most recently he did an episode of the boys and he did the lethal weapon series and black so Sales this guy and- is a jensen eccles he's a jensen eccles enabler <laughs> um i think you'll be interested to know that the last thing he did stunts for because he did stunts for a lot of movies like and a lot of tv shows and stuff too uh the last thing he did was you me and dupree <laughs> which i haven't seen i'm not going to but i can't imagine there are too many stunts needed for yumi and debris unless owen wilson is just like falling off balconies every other scene debris is such a disaster he catches himself on fire he done he he crashes a bike gosh talk about shenanigans ensuing you guys don't watch that oh movie. my god so he did that movie and then was like i quit <laughs> no he, he worked with the russo brothers and he was like i got a bad feeling about these motherfuckers <laughs> so that's our director steve boyan um we have two writers for this one who wrote who wrote it uh who has nothing else in her imdb her name is Lindsay nathans and then the teleplay is by robert keats who, let me see, it doesn't seem like he's done much else either, aside from a handful of things in the 80s. So, it's always interesting, because, like, a lot of the time the directors go places after DCOMs, and the writers just were one-off people who just, like, sold this movie mm-hmm. or wrote for Disney for, like, one thing, and then never wrote again. I'll take it. I wonder how they were hired. It's... <laughs> You know? Yeah, hit me up. <laughs> Surely I can do something at the level of Megaplex. Mm-hmm. I do have one fun fact about this movie from trivia. Yes. So lay it on us. So from IMDb trivia, after the film premiered in 2000, Disney Channel received many complaints about a shot in which Dimitri <laughs> licks his lips while looking at the family dog, presumably because he was interested in feasting on it. The shot was removed in sub- subsequent airings. So, Ooh. I guess people did not want a close-up of Mr. Sheffield licking his lips while looking at a dog. <laughs> Too far. Evil. I, it's, it's that community, I feel like it's a little bit that community bit that's like, I draw the line at hurting animals, and it's like, you'll excuse racism. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's a bunch of husbands really concerned with how many times the wife watched that one particular <laughs> moment. <laughs> All those thirsty housewives watching the nanny, they're like, ooh, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> they're like... <laughs> <laughs> this was their this was their dark nanny AU fanfic. <laughs> I will overlook the fact that he's going to eat these children <laughs> for how hot he is. Risk it all for Mr. Sheffield. Dimitri Dentados or whatever. There's gotta be at least like one or two moms out there that'd be like, you're right. Fuck them kids. I mean, okay. listen. You gotta get the views somehow, yeah. and if the if the moms are interested, then they let the kids watch it. So I do think that they gotta, in some way, take into account like the fact that adults watch these movies too. Mm-hmm. But also, I just thought he was a good vampire. He was so excellent, regardless of what he was chosen for. I thought that he did the he most. delivered. Even the even the first second that you see him of just his hand peeking out of the coffin to go open his email, he does these little finger wiggles like Tom Hanks about to type on the keyboard. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, excellent. Great start here. And then he becomes like a creep because he's evil. But whatever. I was kind of hoping that we would root for him more, to be honest. You wanted you wanted they the didn't set up a good dichotomy my between my him versus Malachi. <laughs> Yeah. Why not? I, <laughs> you know, if he'd been nice, it, the, the key was if he'd just been nice to the kids. Yeah, no, I wanted to root for him. Even with like after the spoon scene, I was like, maybe he's going to try and win the kids over too. And then absolutely not. No. Mm-hmm. So too bad. Especially because they had 
Van Helsing walk into the store and say, come to Papa. I was like, this guy sucks. <laughs> this guy sucks. Yeah. Yeah, he's no swag. He gets no bitches. And yet he got... She's not a bitch, but he got the milk. Yeah. He won the milk Life in the is end. so unfair. How is that? Disney? Life what is the fuck? so unfair. <laughs> this is un- yet another unrealistic uh, standard, you know? <laughs> this doesn't happen. Alternatively... She goes to friend zone this guy, and he goes, Are you by chance, you know, like a lesbian? Like, I don't mean this in an offensive <laughs> way. I just was thinking maybe you should read some literature about it. And and she's all offended. Have you heard of bisexuality? It is real. It's not invented from the 90s. And she starts thinking about it, and then she's like, You know what? I've seen Will and Grace. I think I might be gay. <laughs> And then we fix Phantom of the Megaplex so that the George stuff never happened and then those moms fall in love and then they have a big family with six kids and it's just the prequel to Cheaper by the Dozen but it's lesbians. No, it's yeah. not Cheaper by the Dozen. It's yours, mine, and ours. Because Cheaper by the Dozen is where the parents can't stop fucking. I'm sorry, you're right. <laughs> they can't stop. <laughs> they can't stop popping those kids out. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. I Brady bunched them. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Any last thoughts? This one was definitely better. Yeah, Yeah, definitely a better movie. I really still... I wouldn't say by, like, a long shot, because I thought they were both enjoyable, but this one was definitely better written, tighter Yeah, I really like this one. It's... More focused. It's definitely one I'm gonna add to, like, my Halloween decom, like, rotation Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah, absolutely. You can't just watch, like, five Halloween towns. You gotta spice it up. Dude, you can't make me watch any Halloween town past two. I'm sorry. (laughs) We have to. Legally, for the podcast. Uh, Over my dead body. Will I look at the fourth one? (laughs) (laughs) The one where they just recast everyone? No, they only recast Marnie. Or, no, just Marnie. Yeah, Yeah, it's really fucking lucky. Yeah, the the brother and the younger sister. That was- just like why even she went to college for some reason and so she needed a new and then she changed person person. (laughs) but yeah that one wasn't good anyway so it's fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah no um i like this one i will be kind of sad if they remake it but if they do who y'all think they might put in there as the vampire Ooh, oh my god. That's a good Do question. They, that's such a good Better question. question. Does Disney Channel original movies have pull still? I know Kristen Chenoweth popped up as like Maleficent. Yeah. Right for a second. Yeah, she was Maleficent. I mean, they got uh Cheyenne Jackson in to be Hades. So I mean not that he's huge, but he's done like he's relevant to some extent. He was in American Horror Story. Alright. Um, I think they have enough pull, but also know that all Disney Channel movies are going to be Disney Plus movies. So, Disney Plus. That's oh. true, too. Mm-hmm. I don't... I, I'll be honest, because I was just going to surprise myself with all the under stuff, I don't know who's in the new one. I like, don't, I don't know, know either. if they... So, I guess we'll find out when we do that episode how much pull they've got in the modern era mm-hmm. of decoms true when we see that because that was a disney plus release but we'll say you know whatever they choose if they choose big shoes to fill yeah i know i don't think anyone will do it quite like uh mr sheffield he killed it you want to plug your podcast oh yeah sure so i also do a little bit of a well, a little podcast. It's called Filling in the Blanks. We're a podcasting family. It's, yeah, it's Filling in the Blanks, a movie review podcast with my dad. We're currently on a season break, but it's going to come back soon. 31 episodes. They're um, short 15 to 30 minute reviews of, of movies where my dad um, lays on the couch and I try to ask him questions about movies and sometimes he answers and sometimes he doesn't. Um, so <laughs> it's called yeah called filling in the blanks on twitter it's filling podcast uh you'll find it the icon is just a red couch so yeah and our mom was on one episode so we really are a podcasting we family. are a podcasting family i'm making it happen um unfortunately 
We will be the next McElroy's. <laughs> taking over. Um, not really. It seems like a lot of effort, but you know. It's too much work. <laughs> um, but maybe. I don't know. Anyway, go check it out. Yeah, thank it's you for fun. checking our dad it out. Is- <laughs> our dad is very, very strange. Yeah, he lies a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. He loves to lie. Um, a little trickster. But it's a lot of fun. It's short episodes. We do just whatever movie is new. Because that's what my dad likes to watch. And typically on HBO. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's where the new movies are every week. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fun. Give it a listen. Um, if you don't know where to find us already, we're at GMGB Podcast on Twitter. You can email us at gmgbpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and that's about it. Till next time, stay strange. And we'll see you on the other side. Ooh.